mic on. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Here comes the second meeting of February 1st, Winter Blind Camp. Enjoy this feature presentation. Mic off. Mic on. Presentation will start now. Mic off. Welcome to the 2000 21 Winter Camp for the Blind and Physically Challenged. This is the second meeting in the first full day of the Winter Camp for the Blind. Mike Fichek is going to give a presentation on how to live a healthy life. Due to COVID-19 camp meeting, Camp Basabo is closed down. So we are having a virtual camp meeting at the Holly Seventh-day Adventist Church. To try to maintain social distancing, we are, have a panel of six people uh, at eight-foot tables. So we are also are having seven-foot canes to, so that the uh, to maintain six foot distance while they're leading the blind around the parking lot and on their hikes. Also, we are, then uh, uh, the program will, will follow, we'll have Mike put, give his presentation, and then we may have some announcements. We'll have the song service, we'll have a prayer, special music, and then that'll be it. Go ahead, Mike. Well, good morning. Well, I'm excited to be here. Larry, thank you for uh, inviting me to be a part of this camp meeting this week. Um, again, my name is Mike Fetchick. I am a member here of the, the Holly Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I'd like to just give you a little background of uh, where I've been and what I've done the past 40 years. And we're not going gonna to do this in very quick fashion. But uh, I graduated from Eastern Michigan University in their occupational therapy program. So I'm a licensed occupational therapist, a licensed social worker, 
and also a substance counselor uh, that counsel patients with uh, substance abuse. So I've done a little bit of everything over the years. Uh, I've worked in the, uh, with Pfizer Pharmaceutical the past 22 years in their pain division. So there's a diverse background, but more than anything, I love studying God's Word, and that's, that's where the power is. I really enjoy that. So it's really a privilege to be here this morning. I'd like to just take a few seconds and have a quick prayer as we begin. Father in heaven, I thank you for this opportunity to share this morning. And I know, Lord, that you care for us dearly. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will be with us for those that are here in the church and those that are listening online today that uh, what I share today may honor and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to start out right from the beginning and read a, just a very simple statement. And this statement, I think, really hits home. A clear mind, it says, enables us to understand God's will. But listen to the next part. And a strong body enables us to do it. I like those. So the mind and body work in concert, right? So the body with the mind is basically the central nervous system. And it's really the only medium through which God can communicate with the human being. So do you want to have a clear mind? Yeah. Absolutely. You want to have a clear mind. This may be the most important concept as a people serving God with every aspect of their life, their whole life, their whole health, everything incorporated in serving our God. And you know, and, and I've done some study on this, and you know, Satan's it's concerted effort is he really wants to pollute the mind. He wants to pollute the body. He wants to find a way that he can destroy us, and we know that. And so God has given us some tools as a church and as a people to give us some greater understanding how we can live better, healthier lives. This is why we as humans really have a sacred duty, I believe, Amen. to what God has called us to be. He has set this church apart in a way that we have blessings to information that we do not need to hold on to but to share. So I praise God for that. So God owns this building, right, this vessel that he has given us, and he wants us to take care of it. And how deeply he cares for this vessel that he's given you and I. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, I love this verse. I know you're familiar with it. It says, Know ye not that ye are what? The temple, the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. So that's an important concept moving forward. And, you know, as we covered a moment ago, the devil makes a concerted effort. He really does to try to pollute and destroy this body. I wanted to spend just a few minutes. I shared with Larry that I have a testimony that really supports why I have such a passion for this health message that God has blessed this church with. So I'm going to tell you about a five-minute testimony. It may go over a little bit because sometimes I might get a little wordy. But I share this not in bringing praise to the way I used to live. I'm sharing this with you to give praise to God on how he can turn a life around. God is amazing. So let me get started. I was born and raised in Flint, Michigan in a home with two parents, an older brother, an older sister, and two younger sisters. So that put me right in the middle. How many out there, how many are here today that are a middle child, right in the middle? <laughs> wow, we got about maybe 30, 40% here in this group. You know, mom and dad were good parents. They weren't perfect, but they did love their children. 
Dad uh, was a nighttime alcoholic, unfortunately, but that's just how he was brought up. And it was sad to watch him at night stagger to his bedroom. And as I watched growing up, watched Dad, I thought, I don't want to be that way when I get older. But you'll see in the story that sometimes our power isn't enough unless we lean on God. So I spent my first three years in the parochial school system. And what I do remember, the nuns were pretty strict. I just remember oftentimes getting swats as a young child. You know, you don't hear that anymore. But in the generation that I lived in, oftentimes if we messed up, we paid for it. So we won't spend any time there this morning. I mean, we'd spend the whole morning talking about that. So in 1968, I was, uh, had lived in the city of Flint for a number of years, but we decided to move on the other side of town here in Flint, Michigan. It was more out in the suburbs. And I began going to public schools. And from a Catholic school to a public school, it's quite different if you've not experienced that before. And while I got into the public school system, my capabilities began to develop in the areas of sports and music. So here was that guy that just loved sports, but at the end of the day, I, I loved playing my guitar, and I was a drummer, I was a singer, I did a lot of those things. And opportunities at that point were really at my doorstep to really accomplish something in both those arenas, and I'll tell you a little bit as we're moving forward here just to keep us moving. So I performed three sports in high school. It was baseball, basketball, football. Anyone familiar with those? You ever play baseball? Yeah, there you go. Football, basketball. I mean, it's, some of these sports are, are physical sports. And um, in the 70s, the head coach at Central Michigan University was scouting me for a back, running back position. And I attended his football camps from years, year to year. And... As I look back, I regarded some of the decisions I made back then, and you'll know that as I, I share this with you. I began dabbling in alcohol. I began dabbling in drugs. I got into the harder drugs, like PCP, noted as rocket fuel or angel dust. I began getting involved with drugs like downers and uppers in large volumes of alcohol on a daily basis. So. When I was in high school, playing sports all day, at night partying all night, those two didn't really mix together too well. They just didn't. And it began to affect my physical performance. But not only did I love sports, but I loved my music. And the music seemed to equate with, not always, but most of the time in the world, drugs and alcohol. And I got heavily involved with that. And at the age of 14, I began playing in nightclubs. Now, in the 70s, you know, you say, how does a 14-year-old play in a bar? Well, back then, the age was 18. The legal age was 18, and I was a good-sized boy at the time. And I, my brother was four years older than me, looked a lot like me, so I shared his ID. So I played in clubs at a very young age. I was in that kind of environment, and I began to notice, even at a young age, my life falling apart around me. My relationships with others, my attitudes towards school, education became a complete bore to me. And the only thing that kept me in school was sports, because I enjoyed sports. So I was living two lifestyles. It was, to me, just one big party from day to day. And I barely graduated, but I did graduate. And after high school, I turned my back on college. 
I turned my back on sport opportunities. And I tell you, I didn't tell you this earlier, but while I was in school, I did have another interest. And I think that it was that right brain part of me that enjoyed music. I also was deeply involved in art. And I did a lot of things in art. I actually created a 17, 18 foot concrete Spartan, which I molded by hand. I built this unit and the, um, one of the counselors at the school connected me with the art director at Eastern Michigan University and they offered me a full ride scholarship in art to Eastern Michigan University. Well, you can only imagine a guy involved with drugs, doing things that were, were not really focused on education at that time, I turned it down. I didn't see it as an opportunity. But during my later teens and into my 20s, I continued to drug and drink and play music. That was my lifestyle. That was 24-7. There were days that I can remember drinking and partying almost the whole day. It was destroying my life. And in 1977, I thought, this is my big break. You know, opportunity has come to my doorstep. There was a band back in the 1970s. You can look this up. I don't encourage you to, but you can if you want to. The band was called Black Oak, Arkansas. It was a band during the time of Grand Funk, Ray Road, and a lot of those bands. This band did more country rock, but they were a top 40 band in the 70s and had many albums out, you know, worldwide. And they were in Flint, and they were pursuing a new drummer for their band. And so in 1977, 78 right there, I auditioned with them. And I'm a young guy here, you know, 18, 19 years old, and these guys were slightly older than me. And I thought my drug habits and my lifestyle was a challenge. They had similar, but I think it was a little more aggressive than mine. And so I remember auditioning with them that night. I played the drums to some of their songs. I sang a song, I played guitar. And they offered me the job to do an East Coast tour with them for a half a year or so, and then we'll see how this goes. And I remember that night going home, I thought, wow, what a great opportunity, top 40 band, I can tour around the world, I can make this money, I can be famous. But even though in the midst of being a drug addict, someone that was addicted to alcohol on a daily basis, I decided not to go. And you know, brothers, sisters, I believe that today, as I think back, that God spared my life because the pathway that I was taking was not a good pathway. So after that incident there, that opportunity, for about four years later, I continued to drink more and party more. And it was basically killing me. It was tearing me apart. I remember one night, I was with my brother, and I tell you these stories for a reason. Not to uplift this lifestyle at all because I'm ashamed of it personally, but I want to tell you about a God that is so powerful to change your life no matter where you're at. So I'm at this nightclub with my brother and friends, and we had been drugging and drinking all day. It was a terrible, terrible experience that I remember walking out of this nightclub, and the only thing that I could remember and experience is like my head was floating through the bar. I did not experience the rest of my body. My heart was beating out of my chest. I thought for sure that I was going to die that night. And I told my brother, take me home. Take me home. And John was under the influence, my brother at the time too. He took me home and I, I passed out, obviously. And I didn't really think that I'd ever wake the next morning. But I did wake up. And you know what I promised myself and promised God then? I mean, I wasn't a real devout Christian at the time, but 
I said, if you, thank you for getting me through this. I'm not going to do it again. But you know what happened the next night? I was back in the same lifestyle. And I tell you, when you get caught in a lifestyle like that, the only way to get out is fall on your knees and plead for God to help you. So I learned from experience month after month that if I continued this, that my life was coming to a soon end because I could not sustain this type of lifestyle. So I decided if I can't get control of it myself, I'm going to move out of the area. So I moved to Colorado. And I always tell people I moved to Colorado so I could meet God. And that's what happened. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the story. So when I was out there, I still enjoyed my music. I was still partying, but not to the extent as much as when I was in Michigan. I hooked up a band, and they were three brothers. They wrote all their own original music, and we were preparing to go begin uh, starting a tour to perform. And during that time, it was really interesting. These three brothers, musicians, talented musicians, they all drank and drugged most of the time throughout the day, but when we had a meal or something, they'd always pull their Bible out and read the Bible and share their experience, what God has done in their life. And I've never seen anything like that before. But you know, it interested me so much that I began, um, they gave me a Bible, I began reading through the Bible, and God began to speak to me. This is where it began to turn. When you allow God in your heart, no matter if it's a big opening or a small opening, he will take the opportunity to speak to your heart. And so he began speaking to me. And then one night, God actually, I believe, confronted me, and I began listening to his voice. I returned from a club one night, and this was the beginning of a new life. I came home, I, and I'll put it in terms that I used to know in the 70s, I was stoned out of my head. But I do remember this. God brought to my remembrance as I was sitting on the edge of my bed, I began having a conversation with God. He was speaking to me. A clear, my mind began to clear up a little bit and I could understand what he was saying to me. And as he was speaking to me, he told me that, Mike, I want to reveal myself to you. I want you to get to know me. And I sat on this edge of the bed, and I remember him speaking to me, and I went to sleep. The next morning, which I called morning, was usually close to noon, I woke up, and I remembered that prayer the night before. And it wasn't too much during the days in my early 20s that I had a clear thought because I was always under the influence of drugs and alcohol. But that next morning, I woke up, I remember going out to my mailbox, and I heard this still, small voice. And it's almost as though it was audible. And this message last night that he gave me, that he was trying to tell me, he was saying, I'm there for you, Mike. All you have to do is ask. Open up your heart to me and your life will be changed. And you know, friends, over time, I knew that, you know, how could God invite this sinner into a relationship with him and all of the terrible things that I did against him and what he has done for me in my physical body and my mental body, I began thinking about that. And um, he says, you know, Mike, I want to work with you. And as I was going out to the mailbox that morning, I'm, I'm hearing this conversation between me and God. He says, Mike, I put something in the mailbox for you. And I don't know, friends, if that was an audible voice or if that's just God speaking to my conscience. I opened the mailbox, and in that mailbox, you know what I found? An invitation to a Daniel and Revelation seminar. 
asking, answering the questions that I've had for so long. And I went through this brochure and I'm reading this and I'm thinking, I need to attend this. I believe God is speaking to me. So in the midst of this life that I was living, God was speaking to me. So I tell you the miracle, friends, I, um, I started attending that first meeting here at this guy, long-haired, down to my shoulders, sinner, sitting in the church there and hoping for a miracle in my life. And that first night, I can remember that it was just amazing what God had did. Because when I came home from that meeting that night, I went into my room and I fell on my face before God. And I said, if, God, if you love me, I said, I am giving you this alcohol. I am giving you this drugs. I don't want it anymore. Just take it from me. And you know, brothers and sisters, he took it from me. He said, you don't have to live this way anymore, Mike. And for years, working in counseling and substance abuse, working as a social worker, working as a therapist, sitting in meetings with people with similar addictive behaviors and personalities, the, the, the professionals used to tell me it requires some type of detox in order to do what you did, Mike. But friends, I never went through detox. I mean, I was drinking volumes of alcohol every day, doing drugs every day, but God took it away from me because I asked him to take it away. So he cleaned up my life. I remember walking home from one meeting one night. I walked into the 7-Eleven store. I went back and I bought a a bottle of grape juice. I'm walking down the street drinking grape juice. Okay, this is just a few days after that lifestyle I was living. This was the first time in years that I had gone into a store and not buy alcohol of some sort. I bought, and, I, and I stopped for a moment and I thanked God right in the middle of the street what he did in my life. Friends, the power is available. It doesn't matter where you're at in your life. God can turn your life around. And so I tell you this story today, friends, because... When I look at the Seventh-day Adventist church and what it did for me, and it's, it's a church, it's a body of people, but the God behind the Seventh-day Adventist church is where the power is. He turned my life around because I asked him. The Seventh-day Adventist church not only has a message, a three angels message for the world, but he has a health message. And when I saw this health message in the middle of the Seventh-day Adventist church, I said, this is a complete church. I'm excited about it. In Ephesians 4, verses 22 through 24, it says, To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to renew in the spirit of your mind and put on a new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. And what a powerful thing. God can come into your life and he can change your life no matter what it is, friends. And so this week, from morning to morning as we're together, I wanted to talk about the New Start program. Uh, several years ago, I ran a uh, program very similar to the, and we practiced the New Start principles, Lifestyle Plus. It was right here in Michigan. We ran that for about four and a half years, and we saw miracle after miracle, and I'll share some of those things with you as we move forward. But friends, the first thing we're going to talk about in the New Start program, because if you look at New Starts, it's nutrition, it's exercise, it's water, it's sunlight, it's temperance, it's fresh air, it's rest, and it's trust in God. Now, how many of those do we need to leave out of our life to have fullness? You're right, brother, none. 
Use them all. They're there for our benefit to grow stronger and healthier. But today I wanted to just take a few minutes, talk about nutrition, and then tomorrow my wife's going to be here. She's going to talk about exercise, and then I'll be back on Wednesday the rest of the week, and we're going to break this down, and we're going to have a little Q&A opportunity too as we move forward. But food, I believe, friends, is a vital part of good health. I believe it's the building blocks to help grow and repair cells within our body, and it fuels us for energy. It's what we put in is what we become, and it's the key element in the length of quality life. God wants to give us a quality life. If Jesus doesn't come soon, obviously we're all going to go to our graves and sleep until he comes, right? But he says, I want to give you an abundant life. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou shalt prosper and be in what? Good health. He wants us in good health. So a poor diet contributes to weight gain. It contributes to heart disease, cancer, and a host of other diseases. God wants us to have good nutrition. He wants us to enjoy tasty meals. He wants us to normalize our weight. He wants us to enhance our health so that we can live to our fullness for him. Isn't that exciting? When I heard this message from the first time in a Seventh-day Adventist church, I said, not only do these people love the word and the truth and the three angels' message, but they're interested in how I function physically. I thought, wow, this is amazing. God has a complete church, and so I praise him for that. So the essentials of nutrients for radiant good health are, is this, friends. We need to eat a variety of fruits, grains, vegetables, legumes, seeds, nuts, prepared in the most simple way for the best outcomes for physical health. I mean, is that fair? And for those of you that are not at this point yet, God will work with you. He's a patient God. But I say from my own personal experience and through a lot of research data that we can go out there and find is that the best life health style life force is a plant-based diet. And I'm here today sharing with you from a nutritional background what God wants for us. So don't look at them, don't, you know, throw the messenger out, but just pray for me as I share, because this can be a very sensitive topic with many people. And I'm not calling anyone a sinner or lost based on how you're eating, but what I am saying is this is the ultimate plan for God's people. Let's take advantage of it. It's the ultimate plan. Avoid proteins and animal sources. That's our direction as a people. Limit the fat and the sugar and the salts and the increase of oils that we put in our body. Find a balance. Eat a good breakfast, a moderate lunch, and then a light supper. Those are just some principles that we're going to touch on every day as we move forward. And you know what? Spend at least five hours or so between meals this organ, the digestive system, needs a chance to relax, just like our legs do and our arms do and our body does when we physically work. Give the digestive system an opportunity to relax. And like my mom used to tell me, don't eat in between meals. So those are a few things to consider today, to pray about as we move forward. Only one lease of life is granted us, and the unique or the inquiry of everyone should be how can I invest more powers so that they might yield the greatest profit? 
How can God best use these vessels? If God tells us to do this, let's do it. If God asks us to do this, let's do it. Because the outcomes at the end of the day, brothers and sisters, is that God wants to do the most with these vessels. To glorify him, not to glorify me or to uplift yourselves, but to uplift Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, friends. So, you know, the body that I had for a long time was subjected to lifestyle choices that were poor. They were poor. I displeased my God in heaven and I destroyed this body for a number of years. But I praise God he gave me a second chance. What about you? Are there things in your life where God can come in and change your life? So friends, God heard my prayer many years ago. He turned my life around. And now today I look at this vessel as a vessel for him. That the Holy Spirit, if I allow him to work in and through me and deny this fleshly part and deny the fleshly desires of the world and its poor choices in foods that I put into it, God can use us at a higher level. He wants to bless us. Oh, how he wants to bless us. So friends, we're going to conclude here. And tomorrow my wife's going to come. Her name is Debbie. Wonderful person. Has a testimony to share. and She's going to talk about exercise. But today when I leave here, no matter where you're at in your choices of nutrition, and I'm going to break these down each day, begin praying about things. You know, Lord, I've, I've had some of these habits over the years, and I know they're not helping me, and I know it, it, it's destroying my body, maybe slowly, but help me to make better choices. And you know, when you ask him, like I asked him 40 years ago, he took a temptation, strong temptations awaiting me, drugs and alcohol. Friends, he can take away things from you that control your life, that's bringing your health down. So let's give God the praise and glory. Let's continue to follow his plan for his people that we will be a blessing to those around you. I look forward to you seeing you on Wednesday. Debbie will be here tomorrow. Have a wonderful program, Larry. And brothers and sisters, good talking with you. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, well, praise the Lord. It's, it's, it is. You know, when you, when you put those things aside, Larry, as my brother said, it's a lot easier to work out and do things when you put the bottle down. When you put those things around, down, and away from your life, life is begin. you can see it in a different color. I remember, just real quickly, Larry, driving in my first few weeks home from a meeting, and I remember driving down the road and looking at the blue sky, looking at the green trees and the green grass, those colors to me seem more vibrant. Yep. And there was a peace around me that does pass all the understanding of mankind. When you submit your life to Jesus in all aspects of life, he will reward you and it will be a benefit to your life. And it's exciting living as a Christian for Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you all. We'll see you soon. To have him come today and take a few minutes out or a little bit of time out of his busy schedule. So he's got more things to do and he's on his way. <laughs> okay. Well, now what we'll do is uh, we want to remember that this afternoon we have another exciting presentation. On, it's going to be Dr. Alan Patterson is going to be talking about depression. And of course, in these days, there's a lot of people that are depressed.
so I'm looking forward to that. And right now, we're going to have a couple of songs and, uh, and a special music. And then uh, we've already had our testimony. So we, we won't have that again. We'll, so we'll have a special music, prayer, and the song service first. Okay? Let's sing some hymns. Let's turn in our hymnals to page 422, Marching to Zion. Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord. Join in a song with sweet accord. And thus around the throne, and thus around the throne, we're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, that beautiful city of God. Let those refuse to sing who never knew our God. But children of the heavenly King, but children of the heavenly King, may speak their joys abroad, may speak their joys abroad. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, that beautiful city of God. The hill of Zion yields a thousand sacred sweets. Before we reach the heavenly fields, before we reach the heavenly fields, or walk the golden streets, or walk the golden streets, we're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Then let our songs abound and every tear be dry. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. To fairer worlds on high, to fairer worlds on high. We're marching to Zion, beautiful.
beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Let's turn over to page 426. I shall see the king. Let's see how this goes. I shall see the king where the angels sing. I shall see the king someday. In a better land, on the golden strand, and with him shall ever stray. In his glory, I shall see the King, and forever endless praises sing. T'was on Calvary, Jesus died for me. I shall see the King someday. In a land of song, in the glory throng, where there never comes a night. With my Lord once slain, I shall ever reign in the glory land of light. In his glory, I shall see the King, and forever endless praises sing. T'was on Calvary, Jesus died for me. I shall see the King someday. See the King on my tributes bring. And shall look upon his face. Then my song shall be how he ransomed me. And has kept me by his grace. In his glory I shall see the king. And forever endless praises sing. T'was on Calvary, Jesus died for me. I shall see the King someday. <laughs> okay, let's turn in our hymnals to page 412. Look upon Jesus, sinless is he. Father, impute his life unto me. My life of scarlet, my sin and woe, covered with his life, whiter than snow. Shall I know my 
Thank you, David. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you have done for us today. We thank you for the messages that we have heard today. We thank thee for the message this morning. And we thank thee for Mike coming and, and sharing with us about nutrition. We ask that thou send the Holy Spirit to guide us as we make the choices in our lives. Con can continue to do, be with us today, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Mike on. Well, that's all for now. Bye-bye. Mike on. A little shorter program today.